I just want to be free. Do you want to be free? It's a common thing, right? A common theme everybody kind of wants. I want to be free. That's the dream, right? To be free. Most common description, I guess, of what freedom is, is it's that place where I'm free to do what I want, when, whenever I want, however I want. That's freedom, right? To just be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. I want to be free. And if I could get rid of everything that stood in the way of that, everything that sort of put some limit on me, put some boundary on me, if I ever got rid of all those things, then, then I'd be free. Maybe that's just me. Maybe you don't think that at all. I think it's, it's common, right, to, to feel that. And I'm sure most of you would have seen an ad or two or maybe three million for Jeep. The Jeep cars. One of their catch cries was, and I don't know what their latest jingle is, I don't watch TV anymore, um, was Jeep stands for freedom. Get the vehicle that finally gives you freedom. Buy a Jeep and you'll be free. Most ads that you'll see or videos, will they'll have a picture of a Jeep up the side of a mountain. Hopefully not running over any sheep, Martin. But you'll see this Jeep driving up a mountain or, you know, through a creek or on a, you know, through snow or whatever it is, just going off road somewhere, being free. Right? And Jeep would have you to believe that that's what you need. You need a Jeep to feel free. And just so you know, this isn't an anti-Jeep sermon. This is not, I'm not back. Toyota, go for a Toyota. No, this isn't, this isn't what that is. Right? There's a million other companies that will try to sell you whatever it is that they want to sell right? with the same promise. You need this thing. It will help you feel free. It will give you freedom to do stuff or whatever it is. But in this case, with Jeep, the idea is that with you buy a Jeep and you can drive it wherever you want. right? Wherever you want. You're not bound by roads. You're not bound by the weather. You're not bound by anything. You can just drive it anywhere. You're free. And there is a sense of freedom in this, right? I mean, for instance, I love driving my car on the beach. It's great fun. Taking your car off-road. I don't have a Jeep, by the way. But are you really free driving your Jeep, wherever it is that you're driving it? When you stop to think about it for a minute, there's, there's a few obvious things that you aren't actually free to drive it wherever you want, right? You'll notice the ads don't have someone driving it underwater. Don't see that on the Jeep ad. On the Jeep ad, you don't see someone driving through a bushfire. You don't see someone doing donuts in the police car park, right? They don't show someone pulling into the servo, filling up their tank and then driving off for free, and when you're driving along in your Jeep and you go to put your foot on the brakes, I'm pretty sure you don't want the car to suddenly be free of the laws of physics. Or have the driver of another Jeep and you come up to the intersection at the same time. You don't want that other driver to feel free to run that red light, to not stop. 
And I'm also sure that you wouldn't like the person in the factory who put your Jeep together to decide, oh, I don't think I'll put those lug nuts on that wheel. That doesn't seem to respect the freedom of the wheels. So I won't tighten those nuts up. When we think about it, when we, when we think about this idea of freedom, of having no limits, no boundaries, it doesn't really exist in the real world. We can't live without some limitations, right? We can't, we're all bound by physical forces outside of our control. And we're also bound by the fact that the exercising of my freedom impacts on your freedom and vice versa. There are boundaries, there are limits. So what does it mean to be free? Does freedom exist then? Can we be free? Does it exist? If you have your Bible or your phone or whatever, you want to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It says this, that Christ has set us free so that we may enjoy the benefits of freedom. So keep on standing firm in it and stop putting yourselves under the yoke of slavery again. Christ has set us free, he says. God says freedom exists can be free and he says that we are set free by Jesus, by Christ and we are set free he said so that we can enjoy the benefits of being free it's an ongoing thing and he says and instead of being a slave you can be free and so when, you, when we read that, is this what being free is all about? Is it about not being a slave? It might seem here that what's being said is that freedom is the opposite of slavery. But he's not talking here about classical slavery where the powerful people force other people into servitude, right? that kind of slavery. He's not talking about that because he says here, stay free, don't put yourselves back into slavery. So what does he mean? If that's not what it is, if that is not what he's talking about. Paul deals with this same theme. If you you jump back a few books to Romans chapter 6, he expands on this a bit more to try to explain it, help us understand it a bit more. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 17 and 18. He says this, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thank God that though you were once slaves of sin, you became obedient from your hearts to that form of teaching with which you were entrusted. And since you have been freed from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. So he paints it for us here. In effect, what we're talking about here when we're talking about freedom and slavery is this thing called sin. This thing called sin. And sin, to paint it in its very basic form, 
is anything that is contrary to God and his purposes. And because we all often want to go our own way, like Martin says, we're sheep and we see nice green things over there and we want to go, we want to go our own way. Every single one of us has this sin problem. We all have this problem. And Paul tells us here that we were slaves to sin until Christ set us free. We are a slave to sin until Christ sets us free. But what you'll also notice here, he says, but when he sets us free, we then become slaves of righteousness. Whoever we obey, whether it's sin or self or it's God, we are slaves to the one that we obey. So how do we reconcile those two things? On one hand, we are free. But on the other hand, we're still a slave. Just with a new master. It seems to me that Paul is telling us here that being a slave or serving someone or something isn't the measurement of freedom. Our freedom is determined by the one that we are serving. I'll say that again. Being a slave is not the measurement of freedom. It's the freedom is determined by the one that we are serving. At first glance, we easily equate obedience with slavery. Oh, you mean I've got, to, I've got to do what God says? That sounds like slavery to me. It's not what we are to equate with freedom, but God calls us to both freedom and obedience. And in fact, he calls us to freedom by obedience, by aligning ourselves with his purposes. You can see a picture of this view are living at home with your parents right now or remember back to those days. You're living at home with your parents and while you're under their roof, you are free. Free to do whatever you want. Now here comes the brackets. As long as it's okay by them. Right? You're free to do what you want as long as your parents say it's okay. And that's why sometimes you don't feel free, right? You mean, oh, what? I can't do that or I have to do that? I don't feel free. Because their rules don't always line up with what you want to do. So why are the rules then? Surely those rules are impacting your freedom. Those rules are for your, for your good to keep you free. A man called Philip Brooks wrote this way back in 1835. He said this, No man in this world attains to freedom from any slavery except by entrance into some higher servitude. There's no such thing as an entirely free man conceivable. Paul goes on later on in Romans chapter 6, if you jump down to verse 20, continues this same theme. Verse 20, he says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free, as far as righteousness was concerned. But what benefit did you get from doing those things that you're now ashamed of? For those things resulted in death, but now that you have been freed from sin and have become God's slaves, the benefit you reap is sanctification. The result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, 
but the free gift of God is eternal life in union with Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see, serving or obeying is not what determines your freedom. He says there, being a slave to sin made you free from righteousness, but he says it ends in death. You might think you're free, but you're heading to death. Being a servant of God comes from being set free from sin. It produces holiness and it ends, or dare I say, doesn't end in everlasting life. Verse 23 there is is the kicker, right? He says the wages of sin is death. Is death. The Greek word there, and I'm, and I'm not going to attempt to say it, but the Greek word for wages there means the payment earned by a soldier. The, his earnings, his, his wages for being a soldier. The just, the right, the fair payment of sin is death. That's what we earn. When we sin, we earn death. But then he goes on at the end of verse 23 to say, but eternal life is a free gift. We do not earn that. Our eternal life is not God's payment to us for doing the right thing. You don't earn it. So when God says we are free, we are free. And what we are free from, he says here, is we are free from earning You're free from earning. And you're free from earning two things. You're free from earning death by our sin because he set us free from that and we're also free from earning eternal life because he's given it as a free gift. You don't earn either of those things. Two things Jesus makes us free from. Free from the payment due to us from our sin, which is death, and he also makes us free from having to earn God's favour. You don't have to earn God's favour. It's free. And so this is the space that God calls us to live in, that he calls everybody to live in, where we can live free. This space where our, our sins are washed away, we know we don't have to pay the price for those things. But it's also a space where we don't have to be perfect for God to love us and we don't have to be good enough for heaven. That's where we live free. And so what does that look like? How does, how does that work? I don't think we can talk about freedom and about being free without looking at what Jesus said in John chapter 8. If you jump over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 in verse 31. It says, so Jesus told those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they replied to him, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say you will be set free? Jesus answered them, truly I tell all of you with certainty that everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the household forever, but the son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed.
Jesus here is talking to the Jewish people, the ones who believed in him. And he said, and if you continue, if you stay in my word, then you would be his true disciple. Those who are true disciples of Jesus aren't those who just say they believe in him, but those who stay listening to and obeying his word. That's, he says, is the mark of a true disciple. And he says his true disciples will know the truth and the truth will set them free. How does that work? How does the truth set them free? It seems that they, back then, didn't really know what Jesus was talking about. They didn't understand what Jesus meant by that. You can tell that by their question, right? What do you mean? We're Abraham's descendants. What do you mean we're not free? There's two obvious things that come out of that is that Jesus can't be talking about their national freedom. Right? The Israelites had been taken captive many times in their history. They were not always free. And right now, in Jesus' time, they were under Roman rule, right? They weren't free. So Jesus can't be talking about their national freedom. But what they correctly inferred was that Jesus was telling them that they weren't free. That there was some truth they didn't have and they currently were not free because Jesus said you need to know the truth and then the truth will set you free. Right now you don't know that truth and you are not free. And so they appeal to their lineage, right? They appeal to the fact that say how can we not have the truth? How can we not be free? We're descended from Abraham, right? This is the nation that God chose. We're descendants of this man that God gave the law to and chose as his special people. Surely we are free. But Jesus makes it clear to them, as I said before, that the freedom he's talking about is, he says, you are not free because you are a slave to sin. There's that sin problem again. The law does not set them free because they can't keep it perfectly. You and I cannot keep anything perfectly. And by sinning, we are a slave to sin and therefore we are not free. That's what he's telling them. And before we point the finger at them so much, this this applies just as much to us, right? And it shows us very plainly, Jesus is saying very, very plainly, it's not within our own power to set ourselves free. I cannot make myself free. You cannot set yourself free. I can't earn my freedom by being a good bloke in Aussie language. The sin problem that we talked about earlier, the one that we all have, is not something that we can take care of ourselves. You can't. Now this, what Jesus said to them, probably doesn't have quite the same impact on us, but imagine how hard this hits them. They think they're Abraham's sons, free Sons of God, enjoying God's favour forever. And Jesus says, no, you are slaves to sin. Slap in the face. Big slap in the face. 
going from the privileges of a son, an inheritor, to a slave. But then Jesus tells them that it is the son, the son, that can make them free and then turn them from slaves into sons and daughters. So what is it that makes us free? Verse 32, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And then in verse 36, he says, the son will make you free. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He gives us the answer here how the truth can set us free and the son can set us free because the son is the truth, the way and the life. According to verse 32, we can know the truth. So that means we can know the son, Jesus. And when we know him, he will set us free. What I also see here is there is a difference, and Jesus makes it plain here, there's a difference between those who say they believe in him, his real disciples. Sorry, who say they believe in him and those who are his real disciples. That when Jesus makes you free, he says he will make you really free, or my translation says free indeed, like properly free, freely free. And that tells me two things. It tells me that firstly that real freedom, free freedom, freedom indeed is only found in Jesus. And that is what Jesus says in John 14, 16. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And then after that he says, and no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Real freedom, true freedom is only found in one place. Freedom from the slavery of sin is found only through Jesus. We cannot free ourselves from it. The concept of karma, sure we've all heard it, you know, balancing, you know, do something bad, you do something good and you, you, you balance it out. It's popular, right? It sounds good because it gives us a way that we think that we can become free, right? I've just got to outweigh the, the bad stuff with the good stuff. But it cannot deal with taking our sins away. It cannot deal with that. The picture I have of this is it's like you're driving down the road in your Jeep, or maybe not a Jeep, and you come up to a red light and you think, oh, there's no one there, and you just drive straight through it. And then you go, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. What can I do? I know. I'll drive around the block and the next time I come, I'll stop. And I'll make sure I do it right the next time. And just to be safe, I'll do that a couple of times. I'll I'll hit that same intersection five times and I'll stop every time. And sometimes, even when it's green, I'll stop. That's how good I am. What's coming in the mail? The ticket, right? Still coming in the mail for that red light you went through. Doesn't matter how many good times you do it. It doesn't take away that first one, right? 
Same principle, we cannot take away our sin ourselves. And secondly, Jesus says, I'm going to make you free indeed, or really free. It stands to reason that there must be some sort of counterfeit freedom. There must be some sort of freedom, and I think we've touched on it, that feels like freedom, but it's, it's not really freedom. A freedom that we think we can, that we have, or, you know, that we can have or think we have, but we're not actually free. When someone says they're free, that's not necessarily the case. The, the people that Jesus was talking to here, what? They thought they were free. And Jesus said, you're not free. The freedom they thought they had wasn't freedom at all. Now I'm going to go even really old school. Hope you can see this from the back. A lot of cord. Everybody know what this is? Seen one of these before? Even, or even Mitch, a young person, seen one of these before. Right. This is a webcam for those who can't see it. Little camera on there, a cord. This was the days, this is before Zoom. This is the days of Skype and things like that. When the first sort of video, you know, conferencing stuff started appearing on people's computers, you'd plug this in, put it on your monitor and, you know, make yourself pretty and people could, you could look at each other while you talked. It was revolutionary. Now you're just on your phone, like, you know, now people go, what? You mean I've got to plug something in? Can't just, whatever. Old school. I took this webcam and I unplugged it from my computer. I set it free. This webcam is free. This cord, see, it's not plugged into anything. I could swing it round, do whatever I want. I set it free. It's no longer bound to the top of my computer. It will no longer have to look at my rough head. It's not attached to anything anymore. This cord isn't stuck on anything. It's no more being told what to do by me and my computer. It's free. Can't you hear it? It's going, yeah. I'm going to buy a Jeep. <laughs> but is it really free? Is, is, is this webcam now free? I think we know the answer. It's not. It's no longer useful, right? What good is a webcam if it's hanging around, not plugged into anything? You can't use it for anything, really. It's not fulfilling its purpose anymore. It's, it's not doing what a webcam was designed to do, right? It's no longer serving the one it was made to serve. It's no longer fulfilling any purpose. We weren't made to be slaves to sin. We weren't made to be slaves to sin. We cannot find real freedom in, in turning our back on the one who created us in going our own way. Going our own way. That's not where freedom lies. We become like this. True freedom is realising that we were made with a purpose. And that sin robs us of fulfilling that purpose, but there's one who can deal with that. And it's not us. It's the Son. Jesus Christ is the one who deals with that. Now, I'm not here to try to sell you a Jeep. 
or a Toyota or any other car for that matter. But I can introduce you to the son who can set you free. I can't set you free. The Jeep can't set you free. But he can set you free. And if you don't like the look of me, that's fine. There's many others here who will happily else, who will happily also introduce you to the son. So please feel free. See what I did there? Please feel free to come and talk to any one of us if that's uh, something that you would like. Thank you for your attention.